Another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. It's the Gornless podcast, everyone. Not obviously in this podcast because we're going to be talking about Gorn an absolute lot. But before we move on, please do like, follow, subscribe. SC Insider 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. All the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on the YouTube, search for us, YouTube. Search Supercoach Insider. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us some of your lovely, lovely attention. And Swiss, thank you for joining me today, mate. Um, Chris is a little bit busy. Uh, one Standard. day later. Oh, but again, my fault yesterday. One yeah. day later, I had the old, I had the baby power chuck getting a bit of the illness that I was putting down over the weekend. So um, very interesting weekend of football. Very interesting week <laughs> going ahead. Um, Zorko subbed. Parrish one. I broke him this week. You broke Stuart last week. Uh, Andy ruined my VC, so probably saved me some money on uh, points on Neil there. I probably would have taken that. So um, very, very interesting. And Owen's obviously getting knocked out, so ruining his cash potential. But the big issue is obviously gone and what people are going to do with him um, and also how to fill your team. So I think, you know, I, I don't know about other people, but I've personally kind of finished my team. Uh, Gorn's kind of mixed that up a little bit, so I'll save that for my team podcast this week. And Swizz, I'm sure you've got your own thoughts. Um, but we're going to kind of just talk through defenders, forwards, mids. If you need one or two or one spot sort of for each line, we'll just give our thoughts as to maybe, hey, who these are the people that are doing well lately. These are the people that are a pretty good price. And these ones we think maybe are probably even overpriced. Uh, so I wouldn't be paying, you know, as an example, I wouldn't be paying close to $600,000 for a Sinclair when Steel's coming back in a week or two. Um, before we move on, we do have to shout out to the sponsors. So number one, we're going Splash Vodka. Um Courtesy to them, I believe they are extending that sponsorship and sending us some more. And Swizz, I did give them his details, yes. so I'm hopefully Swizz will get in on some of this action as well. Uh, we will also shout out Manscape.com. So waiting to see if there's any other promo codes there, but they are extending another, I think, 12 week promotional with us and sending us some more gear. Uh, so really look forward to that sponsorship as well. And thank you. So follow those, like those, support those that support us because it does help us keep on going. And helps keep paying the lap dancers for Chris because otherwise it's a really, really dark time for that man. So let's get amongst it and show him some support. Swizz, mate, what are you thinking about this whole Gorn situation? Because Cinderbosmosis came out. They were talking about, oh, four, yeah, it's typically four to eight weeks. It looks like it's on the low end of that, three to five. Is that including this week, though? Is it really more two to four weeks? Um, because I, they I have to buy, I so he's not playing. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. The, pro- the problem is... D's, you know, practically have booked their place in the finals. So they've got to win like two more games to confirm themselves. But top so, four is a big deal. Yes. So it comes down to how they're going without him. If the D's were to win a couple of games and they've got some tough opponents up, but if they were to win a couple of those games and look like finishing top four anyway, they'd probably take their time with Gorn and it's about getting him right for finals. If they look like they're in danger of missing the top four, then they might risk to bring him back early. It also depends on the form of Jackson. So there's a few unknowns there about how Jackson, you know, 
has the weight of uh, looking at, yeah, looking after the rucks himself. They did get Magic Door last year, I think it was, but I don't believe he played in the reserves last week, so he could have an injury as well. So they, their ruck stocks might even be a bit thin as it is. Like they, they might have to throw like a Mitch Brown or something in there. A few of the D supporters were hoping he'd get dropped, um, but they might have to keep him around now and maybe a pinch hit. So, yeah, they've got a few problems, Melbourne, um, and it'll be interesting to kind of see how long that goes for. Speaking of Jackson, $381,000 as a ruck forward position, uh, uh, is he tempting you in any realm or is it, uh, you know, yes, he might go you okay for the, the short term, but as soon as Gorn comes back in, it's probably just going to kill him back to 80 averages or? It isn't. Some people will be tempted, yeah, for sure. It isn't because he's got the buy this week and that's the big killer for me. It's, um, you know, you'll wait a week when you could go out and get Himmelberg or one of those other forwards anyway Ooh, um, dropping names i like okay yeah continue. so yeah it, it's it's like we keep talking about that that buy and i know i had a discussion with someone today about nan curvis versus darcy and sort of as i pumped up nank last week and him and darcy kind of went the same what are they both got like 10 games left nine games i think Dar- uh, that darcy must have nine and nank must have 10 correct so, now can we also mention that this really does flow into if you are playing 18 this week already. Now, yeah. how that would kind of work is let's just say hypothetically, Nankervis gets 100, right? And this is the, the the math that we sort of talk about. So if Nank goes 100, then that means that as far as points overall going for an overall ranking, that means that um, Darcy would have to go and score 100 points more, like at least 100 points or more basically than Nankervis over the next nine rounds. So if you go out and divide 100 by 9, then basically um, Darcy needs to average 11.1 points per game on average more for the last nine rounds than Nankervis for it to break even. Now, if he does better than that, then obviously Darcy was a better pick. If it's less than that, then obviously whoever you have has gathered you more points over that sort of 10-round period. Uh, If someone is playing this week and you already have 18, then you have to subsidize the fact of your rookie score. So if you're saying, oh, Nank's going to get me 100, but if your rookie scores you 50, then that all of a sudden just becomes 50 points over yep. nine rounds, and therefore he only needs to average you a lot less, which is, in my opinion, a lot less likely of Nank averaging that. That's my opinion uh, over those rounds. So it really does, and it really does, going for overall, depend how many players you have on field as to whether the pros and cons of adding in a player like that um, to play the extra round Swiss. Yeah, and the other part that we don't know is Nank's durability seems a bit better than Darcy. Um, And the fact that Richmond are going to be fighting for the eight and Nank's their captain, more likely to play out all the games unless he gets injured. Where Darcy, there is always that opportunity that they could rest him in one of the Melbourne games, one of their travel games late in the season, if Frio have sewn up top four or even top two. Um, We know know, he's had his injury problems in the in the past so yeah these are all factors you've got to you know take into account and as you said um it all comes down if you've got 17 well it's a different story or or if you're just a league player then it's just darcy it's as simple as that because you can just sacrifice this week and um and think about your sort of finals matchups but yeah all all these different uh, points come into account yeah, and it depends on, like, I think Tabiner might be touch and go for this week. So Tabiner does hold a huge key for Darcy because otherwise if he shares it with Meek, then obviously that really drops his scoring. Um, 
Interesting. Now, I, I don't I don't agree with you wholeheartedly on the whole Max Gorn situation because I still believe top two is very much a big play at this current point in time. And the reason is if Fremantle and Brisbane are top two, they're interstate trips. You don't want to be third and fourth. You really don't. And it's going to depend how Melbourne definitely play over those next few weeks. But if they play pretty well and it looks like they're in a shake for the top two, again, you're talking about Max Gorn who provides so much stability. He can go and play forward or play defense. He probably will come back in and split the load a little bit. So that is concerning. I do agree. Um, And he's that captain. So I think as soon as he's right to go, I think he's putting his hand up. He might have to split that load a little bit over a couple of weeks, get some continuity uh, back into his foot. I'm also not sure which foot it was. If it's his jumping foot, the one he actually like leaps from in ruck contest, that's a bigger concern to me as well. Um, Definitely goes to the question of there's a lot of questions there for, you know, they were saying what, three to five weeks. Yeah. Who knows? If you're play, if you playing for overall, you don't hold someone and all of a sudden it could be five weeks. It could be a whole English situation where people felt like, oh, my God, English has just been going on week after week after week. Um, if you hold him and you're a league player and you and you end up having a loophole, then that's the only situation I can envision would actually be beneficial is if you have a loophole player. If you have enough trades and you can get a loophole and play a Himmelberg for a few weeks, see how Gorn's going. And then all of a sudden, if Gorn's back, then bang, you're like, awesome, Himmelberg, you're my loophole player. Gorn, you're back into the ruck. English, you're back into my forward line. And then everything makes sense again, and then you are stronger for it. That's the only situation that I can actually justify keeping him. Otherwise, there's too many questions. Am I right, Swiss? Yeah, you are. And and it comes down to then there's three, the sort of three options. Well, we talked, you know, Nank Darcy, but there's three other options, and it's up to English down to Riley O'Brien, or if you've got Darcy Cameron, moving him then into the rucks as your permanent ruck and bringing in a um, premium premium, premium um, forward or a midfielder. Uh, how, what's that word? Premium? That premium. Yes. Premium uh, dude. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, pre- premium dude. I'm pretty sure there's an uh, N in there, not an M. Um, <laughs> premium. Um, anyway, uh, so going on that point, I do – Agree. Now, English is the easiest decision, and I think he's probably the, one of the number one trade-outs and ins for this week because, number one, he's going up in price. Number two, he's averaging absolutely killer in that ruck line. Um, but the issue I have is I'm like, okay, well, after that, if you look at forwards and you've got a Butters averaging a 92, I'd rather have English forward averaging me 128 or whatever he's going at or 124 now. I don't know what it is. Uh, and I'd rather have like a Riley O'Brien in the ruck line, averaging me 105, then having a Butters or one of these other players, you know, getting me below 100 or around 100. If you're going to play English in the ruck line, I feel like it's a little bit of a waste. Now, I understand the reasons behind it because all the other rucks are a little bit how do you do and up in the air and they're all shit and injury prone and the rest <laughs> of it. But And I get that, right? But then don't you think with, you know, having a Riley O'Brien or one of these other rucks that can bang out hundreds and still back, you know, gets one twenties and, and all the rest of it is a better option than having a, a butters or someone else on field. Yes. And no, like Riley, O, his scoring hasn't been great this year. It's been boosted by a couple absolute massive scores and that well, he so, got dropped, which helped yeah, him. and got dropped as well. So yeah, the, the rucks have been so up and down outside of wits and then, well, you can't even put Proust in there at the moment and that because he's buddy in and out. So yes. do, do I have more faith? In a, in a case of a Butters, yes, I agree with you. 
if you're deciding like you might be wanting to bring in say a bond or a liberal or something like that well then that's a different story because you know there's definitely um more reliability in a bond or a liberal over like a riley o type Yes, I'm trying to have a look. The Adelaide and West Coast game, was that wet or was Riley O'Brien just not great? <laughs> um, I'm not too sure. But, you know, we speak about Adelaide having a soft draw. Obviously, Ruck's a little bit different. But, you know, Gold Coast, he's got this week with Wits, you know, a really good Ruckman. North next week, so Cherry Goldie. Melbourne will be just a Jackson. Hawks are kind of flipping up a few little two-bit ones there. Collingwood will be Cameron probably still within that sort of, what, five weeks, four, five weeks? Yeah. Maybe Grundy at that point. Sydney, Hickey, if he's fit. Carlton, you'd probably assume that Pitney might be back by that point. Eagles, I'd kind of envision uh, Nick Nat coming back for that. And then North and Port to finish. So they do have a really weak run. Riley O'Brien could definitely do really well and score big through that period. Um He's the way I'd probably be favoring. Like, I'm not a huge Nate Curvis fan. I know he's done better recently. Richmond also have a really good run as well, so I don't know if you've touched on that. But Richmond, they actually have some very winnable games coming up. When you have a look at uh, – so Carlton this week obviously be a bit of a tough matchup, and Geelong. But then after that, you've got, what, West Coast, Suns, North, and then it gets a little harder again, like Dockers, Brisbane, Port, Hawks, Essendon. So it's not too bad. I don't mind it too much. Um, they've uh, we've dropped Soldo this week, and going back yeah, to that'll, the that'll help you system. But... So that'll be kind of interesting now that Tommy Lynch is back too. So yes, like I'm not convinced sucks, completely right? on Nank, but I yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's do you, one of those, is it really one of those? It things? is one of those things, mate. Because you know you got Darcy with the buy, so that does throw everything out too. And this whole Darcy Cameron issue, like I was listening to SEN talk about this morning. You've got Collingwood, who's in the race for the eight. You've got Brody Grundy due back in five weeks. Mason Cox's last two, three games have been some of his better games in his career. And you've got Darcy Cameron killing it. What happens if an underdone, like, at what point do they bring an underdone Grundy back into their lineup when they're on the verge of finals? Um, and so that's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. And if hypothetically you went with Darcy Cameron in your rucks, Let's just say it's a five-week turnaround to when Gorn gets back. There is a Brandy. world if you had one trade oh, left. Gorn. Oh, mate. Darcy if if Cam- you hold Cameron, you could yeah. s- side-swap nearly. Well, maybe not, but you could definitely hold Cameron. You could well, – no, Gorn's still 610 nearly. So Yeah, well, Gorn, um, Gorn plays one game back, and you or maybe two games back it will be because his second game will drop. So it depends how many weeks you could – Gorn gets back before the Grundy talk gets you know going. Yeah, if, if I had Cameron, I'd be throwing Cameron into my ruck line and I'd be just waiting it out. Chris has got Cade on the D again once right. again. Doesn't Every doesn't have gone. Week. Doesn't have gone. has Cameron, so he can just lovely put Cameron into the ruck line, wait for Grundy to come back in and then make that decision to go from Cameron to uh, Gorn. So mm. I think that's probably the easiest way for that. Now, can we also touch on Sean Darcy isn't a lock by any means. He's got an average of 101 owned by 7.1%, so there is a fairly low ownership there. Riley O'Brien averaging 102.9, so again, not great. Bruce is actually averaging 110, but hopefully... Can't get in the team. Yeah, but I put that down to Bruce being ill and, you know, even another big boy, do you know what I mean? How how easy it is for this flu to make it harder to eat, harder to train. He's big, he's strong, he likes his food. 
I, I he think might have dropped some weight and struggled. Because I, I went then... to that game, mate. I went to the North Melbourne GWS game. Well, Flynn now, has to be out this week. Yeah. Well, Flynn, you know, naturally didn't look great up against sort of Goldie. But I think they look kind of all right around the ground, the way they were setting up. And it seems like McVeigh does have his favourites that he's backing in. Like we talked about Hamilton. He was out straight away for Weir. Weir and Weir got absolutely kissed on the Dickies role because uh, Perryman went off injured and he was the one that actually took his role, which was amazing for owners. Um, but it kind of sees, sees like McVeigh likes Flynn for whatever reason. Maybe he thinks he's got better movement around the ground or he's just a younger player and wants to get games into him. Um, so I don't know if they actually – I'm sure Proust gets in soon and it could be even this week. But Bruce I don't play this week. Yeah, but I'm not that confident how many games he strings together. Like if it's even one – it doesn't even have to be a bad game. Like I have a feeling McVeigh just seems to have a soft spot of with Flynn and wants to put games into him. Now we hope, and it should happen that Bruce plays as number one. But the the problem is the Giants aren't in contention either. So, you know, it, it depends on how they want to play out the rest of the season. Yeah, the issue is he missed what round ten, eleven, twelve was the bye, and thirteen. So he's missed what a few rounds. Um, yeah, I, th- I put it down to sickness. I know he did play one VFL game. Um. Yeah, I'm even tempted to go gone down to him because the difference is it's about 150,000, which isn't bad because that can actually help you get a loophole player. So that way, if Proust does go, you know, miss a game or two or share it with Flynn or whatever, uh, number one, Proust is still going to be making cash if he's averaging around that mark that he has been. Um, I'd still rather Proust on field than another forward, let's face it. Uh, his price point is a lot better than some of these other players. He's averaging 110. So at this current point in time, he's actually, what, fourth highest um, ruck line, except third when you take out Gorn, who's injured. And if you're having English in that sort of forward line, then really he's actually second best as far as fit available players are for total average. So the other concern I have, and this is probably going to define the season, however many people will be training Gorn out because he is, uh, I think he's 55% owned. A few fake accounts in there probably keep him or whatever. But whatever you decide to do with him is really going to make or break your season because if you go, uh, you bring in Riley O'Brien, he starts banging out some high scores, which we know he can, or Darcy, who has a high ceiling and can bang out high scores as well. Or if you go a different route and you just play English in that ruck line instead of into the forward line, or you bring Bruce in, I think this is really going to shape leagues particularly. So I'm very interested to see what people decide to do. Um, I can make an argument each way. I've looked at my team with Riley O'Brien in it. I've looked at my team with Proust back in it. What can I do? I've actually looked at trying to keep Gorn, get Himmelberg in, and then maybe even trade Himmelberg to Bontempelli in two weeks. Like have a full team with a loophole player of um, Butters to be able to go forward, to be able to go etc. Butters is my loophole. That covers my forward, my ruck, my midfield line for any one to two week injuries. And then I'll have Gorn coming back in as my ruck like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at every single way that I could possibly hold steady, still get points, and then absolutely dominate the back end of the year. It's tricky, Swizz. Oh, it absolutely is. And no like, one you're getting 100 questions. <laughs> yeah, well, I am, and thank you for the questions. You know, got no issues with people sending them in. It's, what is interesting is the three highest premiums traded out. So now Gorn, obviously, is number one, and that's going to keep going up. But uh, Petrarca and Brody. The, uh... Yeah, let's let's touch on those boys. Uh, I think they're 
you should probably trade them out less now with the whole Gorn situation going on. Um, again, it comes back down to that conversation we had. If you don't have 18 and you don't have enough rookies, then you could probably try and trade in a rookie that plays, which helps subsidize that a little bit. Um, I can see the value and appeal of getting rid of both players. I also believe it's kind of jumping at shadows. This time of year, we still have 10 rounds left. And when you have COVID and injury and syndesmosis, like even getting down to sort of six trades in a full team, that's getting kind of sketchy to be trying to trade premiums just because they're having a bad three-game average or they had one bad, like inefficient game with five back. You know, Brody still had, I think, 24 CBAs. He still had quite a lot of touches. It just wasn't quite there for him. Now, that's not a direct representation of uh, Fife being into the team. That could continue to happen. It could be a trend that we see happen. So I can understand the appeal of that. But if you're holding a Butters in your team, yet dumping Brody, I, I think it's just extremely wasteful. Swizz, where do you stand on Brody? Yeah, I, I, like I still want to keep him. We don't have enough data how this whole Fife is going to affect him going forward. Now, I know a few people are worried because they're like, Fife's in, um, you know, that's going to continue to affect Brody's scoring. But I don't think his CBA's changed. If anything, his CBA's went up on the weekend. It, it was just the normal Brody playing. But, uh, like, I don't know if you've got his time on ground there, but I feel uh, like it, I was, think it was... It was low. It was about it was 65, like 60, I think. Five sixty-seven, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's just normal Brody stuff. Like, you don't see him go over 72 often. But he still played midfield, um, you know the the eighty two, you know it, you're going to get games like that through every player. Like we we saw Petrarca go through a little run, you know Cripps has had down games, Took just the way it goes. But Brody still had that role with five back in the side. So I, I've you got go. more... 67 percent there, Swiss. Good yeah. job. Uh, only seven contested in this game. I think it was also a bit of a wet game, wasn't it? I think um, it was. Yeah, with Hawks. Yeah, so it's yeah, and... you know. I, I can understand that. He was yeah, definitely he, in and around it a little he bit. Was. He was. And there was a few times where I saw him just not getting used by, you know, and that was no fault of them. They were just trying to play direct footy. Acres for a while there was on absolute fire. So they were trying to get the hand, the ball in the hands of him. Unfortunately, he went injured, got injured. So there's another guy who can score well for Fremantle who's out of that midfield, um, which just shores up some more points for, for those guys. How good a Fremantle though? Tucker is now in. I mean, I rate Tucker a lot. He obviously got injured and he was then became on like a bit of the shit heap, really. Um, what a good replacement. Like <laughs> imagine having the depth of That's these good players that can't even get in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Tucker as your your loophole and Tucker can play wings. So next minute, uh, not loophole, is in your mm. emergency and uh, your sub player. But, you know, you lose one wing and you go, oh, wonderful, Tucker, get out in the wing. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And just, he'll be hungry. And there's yeah. always players this time of the year, like look at the year we won the premiership. Um, Buddy oh, Townsend. It's not all came. about you then, Richmond. No, here's Swizz. Come no, on. Townsend's come in and just played that purple patch. Mitch Morton did it for the Swans. You used to have that. Uh, was it Keating for you guys? It was, yep. Yeah, like just come around finals time or just before finals, get in the team, play three, four good weeks. Um, so there's always players like that. So, you know, Tarka or one of these Freo players could take their opportunity, have a big month. And all of a sudden, finds their te- finds them way themselves in the team come finals time. Yep. Um. So I'm more not as much on the Brody trading. Petrarca probably even less about trading him just because he's bottomed out in price. 
Like he's, he's not getting he's not getting any lower. He's only about five thousand more than um, than Butters. Yeah, and I keep bringing it up, but like obviously Heaney's obviously a lot lower. He's about four fifty now, or back to basement price. But um, it is very interesting, uh, you know, as far as a price point, because I had a look, and it's going to cost you about a hundred and. Forty thousand to go from him to like a um, a Mills. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the one guy I didn't it. want you to mention, and that because that was my Mills. trade. What was it about eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago? I was in Tassie for Trucker or Mills. What a disastrous yeah. decision that was. I should have done the same thing. I was worried about that middle buy, and I thought, no, no, it'll it worked it'll out for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I I was considering getting rid of him as well. Um, I'm actually considering buggering off Parish to Mills just because he hurt me for one week. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Stuff it. The trades don't mean enough. I'm like, get down on my team, Parish. But um, this whole Gorn situation has caused a little bit of a dilemma there. Um, I think if they're playing, you just kind of got to back them in at this point in time. They're so heavily owned, particularly the top 5,000. If you're trying to make moves in the top 5,000, then I can understand, you know, Petrarca is heavily owned. Um, Cornelia, I think, was in, you know, about 70% or something. I can't remember the exact amounts, but I do know that Will Brody's in a lot of teams in that top 5,000. So if you're trying to make a move and you think he's going to fall and you need to make some different moves to try and really move up ranks in that top 5,000, then I can see a huge appeal getting rid of Brody. Because you're pretty much playing that risk game. If Brody falls off a cliff, then you're the one that jumped off early and you are overtaking so many people in that top 5,000 to get a higher ranking. Um, that was the appeal for me sitting at about 250th. Because I'm like, well, if I get rid of him, then all of a sudden if, if a whole b- bunch of people in that top sort of 250 start to hold on to him and ride that train down, then I could be the one to bypass a lot of them. So. And by the lot, I mean you're yeah, into the top hundred. <laughs> I don't expect to. I don't expect to sort of win the whole thing, mate. I'm not that lucky, but um, yeah. So it's definitely an interesting situation. I can see the value in trading either. For me, I'd probably hold Petraka as well. He's basement price now. When they start winning some games, I expect him to really sort of bounce. He looked good through that first half. He was sitting at a good uh, a good super coach, but. You know, we know he's done this in previous years as well. He has a high ceiling, which means that every low game he has, he usually bangs out at least a, a one or two high ones. So knowing me, if anyone that jumps off, he's going to be banging out a, a real high, high score soon. Don't forget, they play the Doggies coming up fairly soon as well, and he's averaging about 160 over the last couple with them. So um, he's someone that I definitely look to just hold, and if you can, loophole, because I'm mm-hmm. going to be trying to use a Himmelberg or someone like that to try and get an, an F7 and that way you get to sort of loophole each week and that will gain you points just by being able to sort of whoever plays first, that's that hit and miss sort of up and down player, put them on the emergency list. If they do well, wonderful, you move to the next line and then you try and rotate your team to try and you know maximize points in, 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 in a given week. So work yeah, around your team, not work through it. His last two games against the Lions, who's his next opponent, is 130 and 141. And his last three against the Crows, who they play the week after that, is 126, 116, and 132. So he's got yep. good form against the teams he's coming up against. They'll have the rest. They'll rebound. They'll be hungry to win those games and prove a few doubters. And, you know, him and Oliver will be leading that midfield. And you're taking out somebody who scores 100, 110 points out of that team. And you're bringing in, the, you know, it could be a mad jacket. It's, it's Mitch Brown, Semenzi's spot, someone who's going to score 30, 40 points. So they've got another 70 points if they win to share around uh, their team, and it's most likely to go to their midfielders. So 
Um, yeah, I'd be backing him in. And as you said, if you can loophole in a perfect world, I want to loophole Petrarca and Butters because I yep. still, if I'm holding Butters, which is likely at the moment, um, Butters can still get off the chain and score that 130. And just hopefully he does it on a week Petrarca goes down. And, you know, I'm happy to balance those between my M8 and M9. In a perfect world, I think that's the ideal scenario. And this is a year where I think, again, the amount of cash that we've had and all these mid prices going forward, we could definitely look for value. We could finish our team. If you're already finished, I'd be looking to see if you can loophole. Um, The people that went aggressively trading their premiums and throwing their trades out left, right, and center early, they're not going to have that luxury. They're going to be trying to hold on to any trade they have. So... And I do like the flat, the fact of, you know, that flexibility to have someone to cover you for a one or two week injury, or if they get knocked out to have that cover, not relying on a rookie, which will then save you a couple of trades that you've actually, you know, you've used those trades to get your loophole, but then that kind of pays you back in favor and you just use those, uh, the few trades you have left for really important injuries. The ones that are long-term four weeks, three, four weeks or more, and just use that to get the next best available player. That's the ideal strategy, not whether it'll work for you or whether it's an option, but that's what I'm sort of looking at. Um, And I'll sort of talk through my team in my team uh, pod as well this week. Right. I think that the main topic, Swizz, realistically speaking. Probably the the other big topic, because I know I've had this question asked a lot, is what cheapest rookie do we think is going to get the, is going to get most likely games this weekend and going forward now naturally um it's an easy one to start off with because durden's been picked from carlton unfortunately Marchbank is injured again the blues yeah. don't have many tall defenders um so durden's straight in there he's named on the bench but you know as long as he doesn't get injured he's going to be playing some games so that's the first easy one i feel for some people I think on Twitter someone said, I'm going for it. I'm going for March Bank. He was mm. like 200,000. Yep. Oh, you'll be a great, you know, D7 for the whole year. And I'm like, oh, okay, if his role's good because you don't know what role he was playing. And that's why I don't like paying $200,000 for a rookie at the end of the year because I'm like, man, that 80,000. Like, mm. imagine what you could do for with that 80,000. It's just a huge deal. Um, yeah. And you can't really hold him now either. You got to sort of burn him out again uh, or hold him and you have 200,000 sitting on your bench, which absolutely sucks. Um, I'd be looking at any of these 102K players that look like they are going to get a game. I know Essendon has, uh, I think, a player that they might actually call in. Absolutely killed it. Uh, I'd be looking there. Hollands, yeah. I'd be looking at paying 120-odd thousand if you have the cash. It looks like he'll play at some point this year. Dean uh, could be back straight after the buys. I know that the pies um, you know, could definitely use some nice tall stocks back there as well to help complement their side. So I, I quite like Dean for that. Um Jai Carly's one I get keep getting asked about. He only had the 10 touches in the waffle on the weekend. I still think they're going to play him at some point, but they might want to give him another game or two before they and bring him in. a good loophole as well. West Coast aren't going to play any early game. Like They are literally the junk heap of the season. They are not getting uh, any early games, in my opinion. I think, they're, well, unless they are, I don't know. They'd be horrible business if it was. Hmm. Um, yes, I don't, I don't mind that one as well. Who do, you think wins, also, who do you think wins the spoon between both of them in a general footy question? Because there's only 2% between both teams. I think West Coast are going to win the spoon because I don't know if you heard what um, uh, is it Simpson was yeah. saying. Uh, basically how he's going to try and find the right balance between playing experienced players and giving these young kids games. <laughs> and towing that line is going to be a, a big 
Basically, he was trying to say, like, it's going to be a big, not dilemma, but a tough matchup as far as trying to work out, like, hey, like, play who deserves to play, but also play these kids and they're going to rotate it incrementally. So I imagine, hey, when we play a really good team, maybe we'll put some good seniors on. If we're playing a not-so-good team, we're going to put these younger kids on because I honestly think they are playing for that early pick. We'll find and out North Melbourne need them. North Melbourne need the wins more than West Coast do. Well, they do, but they we'll find out a lot about year. West Coast next week when they play the Bombers at home. Well, even the Bombers, I think, are probably they'll probably rest Parish. The Bombers are like, well, maybe we can make a play for the top. <laughs> that, that's going to be two. such an interesting game. How both sort of coaches go around that. Like they both go play at the um, players will want to win, but yeah, that'll be that'll be really fascinating watching. Yeah, the coaches take it out of their hands. They should go play that at GMHB, uh, GMHBA. What do, what do you call it? Oh, I stuff that up every week. Somebody was correcting me last play week. In Geelong, yeah, no, play in Geelong. Yeah, Play in Geelong. Go old play, school. Yeah, Kadinia. Shell Kadinia Stadium. Park. Play, play in Geelong, and both teams will kick the ball out on the full every second <laughs> of the day. It's like, oh, it's the field. Like, it'll be the team that doesn't want to want to win the game. Um, yeah, I think that'll be an interesting matchup as well. So the other one, let's talk about um, Himmelberg because – I don't even know. I didn't even see him last week. It's you know he played yeah, well, well and he played in that defensive line. I don't know you did. I'm a little bit uh, sometimes a little bit slow to the market, mate. But it, it's very interesting because when we have a look at statistics, right? So he played defense last week. Played defense the week just gone uh, against Brisbane. He had 21 disposals, so yeah, nothing to sneeze at. But 20 of those 21 were kicks, right? Seven marks, right? Had a couple of free kicks, I think, and scored 126 super coach. Like, ridiculous. Played, I think, a lot of time on field, high efficiency, good mark. And then when we look at the round just gone, North Melbourne, he had 25 kicks, 12 handballs, had something stupid, like I think it was like 796 metres gained or something stupid, uh, and absolutely went off the rail. 187 super coach. He is the number one cash cow this week. It is stupid. When you have a look at the cash cows for the week, he is number one projected to score, uh, go up $63,000 if he scores, I think it's an 80. You just can't make it up. If he, if he scores an 81, he's going up 63.8,000, which means that he's pretty much going to be going from 435,000 over 500,000 in one week. That score will still be in his cycle. And then he's going to go up even more He's going to make you $100,000 in two weeks. And now, I don't know if you remember, Swiss, I was talking maybe a week, or actually maybe it was on my team podcast. I was saying to finish my side, I probably need about $100,000 if I wanted to you know, keep Gorn and keep Butters and try and get a Bontempelli. Well, this man could be that $100,000 where in two weeks' time, I'm flipping him if I need to, or if he keeps killing it, you kind of say, hey, mate, keep riding the wave because – this is the kind of man that can absolutely bless your team. He's 1% of teams. He won't be after this week, yeah, he but he's be. in 1% yeah. of teams. Like I was praising on our group chat the 300 people that brought in Himmelberg last week. Like oh. that That's just a massive effort. And there were some people in some yeah active forums I'm on who had him in, and they were just like, well, oh, playing North New Rome, 20 touches at halftime. He had no opponent and that he absolute field day. They let him do whatever he wants. Like him and Whitfield were just kicking the ball back and forward to each other. Um, and it got even worse in the second half because the Giants were just smashing them till halftime. After halftime, both teams pretty well put the cue in the rack. 
and North were trying. They just weren't good enough. And Himmelberg was just sitting back, like, yeah, just intercept marks, even ran down, kicked a goal. Um, like, you're not going to have that performance this week. But no, in but saying that, against Brisbane the week before, a 126 with 20 in really good that, kicks. The dogs do struggle with their key tools. Um, so there, there's every chance that he can take more intercept marks against them. Um, was it. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one of the games where the dogs played, and one of the defenders went. You know, was it nuts Stuart down, down in um, Stuart playing on the wing? That, that, no, was that, that Stuart that game? got injured. That one, uh, he was forty at body halfway through the first quarter, and that like they they, they he Himmelberg will take intercept marks against the dogs. There's no doubt about that. So, is right. it a good move? Like, yeah, it's still as you said, it's probably well, we're talking sixty k odd if he gets an eighty, like. I'd be backing him for 100 this week. So that's going to be close to 80 again. And then that makes his break even, even less. And he's probably, instead of going the 30, it's projected, it becomes about a 40K the week after. So you're getting at least two weeks. He probably holds his price for three um, for, for the week after that. So for three weeks there, you're getting good scores and you're getting 120K. And like what's, say, Bont, for example, right now? Uh, what have we got there? Uh, I think he's 587. I was hoping he'd get down to about 577. I think. Oh, 130 break even. Yeah, 132 I think, break been, even. So, yep, I've been eyeing him off. It's like Bond could definitely score that. But at the same time, if he plays more forward and he comes out with 100 or 110, he drops a little bit of cash. Um, so you've got an option there. Or you've got the option where, say, Himmelberg, say, three weeks time, four weeks, we start getting to, say, Jack Steele territory, um, some of those other players that could be coming back, you know, Darcy Parrish, if you don't have him and he misses, say, two or three weeks, there's, there's players there who could come into contention who are going to get cheap that you could go him or boot to them to finish your team. And don't forget the fact that if he played, was it rounds 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, he might actually get enough for a 35% defender status. He might get DPP come round 18 switch. Well, and all of a sudden that, that then opens well. up that then almost opens up some other avenues for people that are looking in leagues as well. Um, speaking of the whole Bontempelli situation as well, something that we do need to touch on Bailey Smith, right? We're not going to go down to, you know, Charlie town and Charlie in the chocolate factory and all the rest of that stuff. Right. But, or mental health and how he's after a one-week discount um, <laughs> because he, he owned up to it after he got yeah. caught. We're not going there, ladies and gentlemen. But I might hear um, my pod, but yeah, oh, yeah, right. We'll save that for another day. Um, I love him as a player, right? Obviously, I did make the best decisions. But who's taking the midfield then? Because he was splitting. I think they are talking him and Trelaw were tapping each other on the shoulder, 50-50, right? In and out, in and out. He's gone. So it's like, okay, well... Who now is having to stay forward? Is it Bontempelli forward yeah, I, no, and I Libertore Bont, in the guts or yeah. is it a, a different mix? Yeah, Bont forward. Your first bounce is going to be McRae, Dunkley, Libba or McRae stays outside and it's going to be Trelaw, Libba, Dunkley. I think Bont still has his forward role and that and they'll just put him in and he spurts as he does or gets up around the ball. But um, we know how damaging Bont is and he's been carrying that sort of nigger all year. Where and yeah, AC joint, I think. Yeah. AC joint could be all right now. Yeah, I, I do tend to agree. Liver, I think it'll be Dunkley yeah, coming out. Dunkley coming out. Bond's probably going in when Dunkley goes forward. Libertore will probably just switch with um, Trelaw, in my opinion, and they'll sort of keep doing their work. And I think it'll probably be McRae that'll be asked to probably do a little bit more of the brunt work 
as they rotate someone else through that sort of midfield role because I think McCray can handle, you know, he's used to clocking up Ks, getting in the midfield inside, outside. So I think he might actually take a bit more of that brunt. Um, they'll probably also sort of tap, you know, Lockie Hunter on the shoulder saying, hey, man, how far away are you? Uh, we could use a player right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. It's hard to know exactly what they are going to do. But with a break even of 132, it's not a bad shake to even just wait a week on Bonson Pelly. If he goes well, you know he's not making much cash, so you can still get him next week. He's not really going to go up heaps. If he goes 108, he's dropping 10,000, which means that if he goes 150, he's probably going up, only going up about 10,000. So he can you can wait, get some more data. If he plays a lot forward and drops a really poor score, then you look extremely smart for the week. The um, other reason I would wait, depending on their, who they play, if they play De Boer, these two teams hate each other, and De Boer yes. will go straight to Bond. As a, as a defensive no forward. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, because he can go down there and he'll follow Bont around and he will just absolutely give it to him all game. But we've and seen the rivalry between these two teams since that 2016 final and um, I expect to be to be on again. I expect McRae or Dunkley to go big because Giants have been leaking points to some midfields. You know, like when you look at, you know, um, DeBoer's not really – tagging midfield anymore he's getting a bit old he doesn't clock up the k's as much he's playing more you know that sort of uh, pinch hit midfielder like when he did it with ash that's why they needed ash that mm-hmm. round when i think it was brayshaw or someone i can't remember who it was on was it neil maybe it was yeah. Neil. Oh, no, the, oh no took miller took miller Tuk, sorry yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I digress um but they're playing a tag team role because he can't do it all on his own anymore he's not that fit to kind of really shut down other fit players but playing a defensive forward on a, on a forward player that he can lock down, then 100% he could do that with his eyes closed. Um, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting, whereas I think McRae or Dunkley could definitely get on the off the chain this week. Not sure which one, which is always the lovely rule at Gamble we like to play, but I think McRae will be fitter than Dunkley, so McRae will probably get the lion's share of that midfield. And I expect McRae to bounce back with a nice sort of 140-odd this week. Swiss. Yeah, no, it's good. I'm just shaking my head here because I'm six hundred dollars short from going Gorn and uh, and Perez to uh, Himmelberg and Buddy Jeremy Cameron. Man, it's yeah. always a way. I'm actually thinking always, about getting rid of always I'm so thinking, close. I'm thinking about getting rid of Cooper Stevens just so I can get Himmelberg. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, you <laughs> know what? Get trying out to my keep team. Roses. I'm like, I can keep Roses, can I? Yes. Ah, burn them all. Mate, burn them all. This is yeah, like no, Batman. Mate, I, I agree with that. With the, do- the doggies and that. Yeah, it's but um very very relevant. Yeah. Um. Okay, quickly driving by the defensive line. So Zorko's out. So if you have him unlucky, which is part of the reason why I didn't really promote heavily to get Zorko, even though everyone messaged me as a Lions fan and I love Zorko. Um, I had one of the group chats telling me, can you tell that flog Zorko to get some ball and blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, how do you say that about my coffee date? Um, <laughs> Talking so about seeing been... players and that. Sorry to digress, mate. Yeah, I walked past, oh. Steven, Sil- yeah, I walked past Steven Silvani today and his lovely wife, Joe. And so... Uh, yeah, it was a bit of just walking around Doncaster and there was Sauce, the great man. Still looks good. Yeah, right. Pressure point, pressure point. <laughs> Wrong Sylvain. I touched no. it. I touched it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're going defence, mate. That's what Bailey Smith said. I didn't have it all. I just touched it. <laughs> um, now, the, the couple that I am looking at now, Sinclair we've spoken about. He's nearly 600,000, still coming back in. I know he, he's he's got an awesome three-round average and we expected him to have an increase with steel out of the team. He's still doing really well in defense, so I don't mind him, but I'm not paying that much money for someone I could have got for 520. I did say that, meanwhile, and I bought in Sicily for 630, so I'm a complete hypocrite. <laughs> um, I get that, you know, 
listen to me or not listen to me. Um, but I, I quite like Dawson with their easy run coming up as well. And we already spoke about you know uh, Adelaide and their and their soft draw to come. So I really like Dawson for that fact. Uh, I like the price point of Doherty. Um, they definitely need him. He stands up. He is a little bit hit and miss. So I quite like probably I'll probably take Dawson over him. Um, I've got Doherty, but if I had a choice at this point, I'd probably take um, yeah, I'd probably take Dawson. Uh, outside of that, I don't see a whole amount of value outside of if you don't have one of those other top players that are obvious, I'd definitely go there. Um, Swizz, what are you thinking for defensive line? There's a couple of shakes. Um, yeah, I I agree with Sinclair. If you didn't jump on, you need to jump on, unless you've got a crazy amount of money left. If you've got money to spend, well, go and spend it, no problems. Um, but, yeah, you, like we always like a bit of value in that. Yeah, Dawson versus Houston, just the draw. I like Dawson. Yeah. Um, Bailey Dallas. Houston's interesting. Hey, someone has yeah. to give him attention. So they have to. You, you'd think at some point they do because he just runs around, does what. Even against us the other night, he just ran around and did whatever he wanted. And that he, and it was amazing how he scored 98 in the end because I thought at one point he's just going to go absolute ham. Like he was getting no attention at all. Um, yeah, I know everyone's got withered and was, was cracking it. Um, again, yeah. the Cats with. Um, with Blitzlaffs, I'll get that right one yep. day. Um, you know, he just continues to plug along, scoring scoring at will on that. So if you wanted a left field option, but at the same time, it's always role dependent on him. I know that's the problem, but he just continues to score, which is just, a, it, it's unreal. Well, Stanley's only been back for like a week, mate. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I know, but he's Come still, <laughs> you know, he's still tend to score. Um, and they do have an easy draw, so maybe he could rack it up a little bit. I, I understand. And, um, and everybody's favourite one, which always gets asked in questions, is Jordan Ridley. Um, like the, the amount of times that people ask me about this guy. And, yeah, he he's good for 100. That's what I'll say about him. If you want a guy when, that's probably good when's for 100. He, he only got 100 just the week gone. That's he's what I'm saying. He's good 90, for 100. 95.3 average is yeah. the 20th averaging. No, he's a left field option. Yeah, no, I would but take that's what I'm Aaron, saying. Ridley's good for I 100. I don't want him for that. Outside, outside of the outside of the top eight, Yeah, including actually top 10, Crisp, but Dale, yeah, okay, like I'd take Dale as well. Outside of those, if I'm looking for any shake, I'd be going Aaron Hall. Now, I know it's completely risk-like, <laughs> but <laughs> no one has him. Yeah, nobody. Nobody. No one has him. He's in two percent of teams. Two percent of teams. He scored a ninety-four. Didn't look you know that great just going on, etc. But first game back, he dropped quite a lot of cash. He was looking to. I think he was about seventy-five thousand dollars more just two weeks ago. Like well, yeah, it was in two games yeah. ago. Um, for four hundred ninety-six thousand for someone that no one has. If you're playing an opponent, Aaron Hall is definitely someone you could go to to really dominate the back end of the year. The ball will be back there consistently. You know, Zeeble's out. So um, McDonald, I think, has now coincided with him playing a little bit more accountable. Hall's taking the kickouts as well. So I think there's definitely some really good value there. I'd be going Aaron Hall, even though it's, I know it's, you know, issues of injury and the rest of it, but his price point compared to anyone else and the output I think he will give you, I think he can average you top six numbers at a fraction of the price. I would take Aaron Hall instead of Sinclair because of the $100,000 that I would keep if that was an issue. I wouldn't because Hall's not playing this week. If Hall was playing this week, I'm 100 Well, okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's very the only, valid. That's switch. the only reason I was I was looking at guys who 
are playing this week. But yeah, I was watching that if game. Aaron, Aaron Hall was back to his very best where he gets that ball, he kicks it, he grubber kicks it to someone. They've got to pick it up and handball it straight back to Hall or he calls for it in the most weirdest spots. Like North Melbourne had the ball 60 out from goal. Hall standing 40 out from their defensive goal and he's clapping his hands. Player turns and kicks it to him just to get the ball. Like they look for Hall every time. It's unreal. Dude, I just saw how how low Zorka is four hundred and thirty thousand. Oh no, it's genuinely disgusting. <laughs> People must be so upset oh. because he would have been. He got up to five hundred and forty thousand dollars. Yeah, I know. Round nine. People brought him in and he goes an 84 or 37, 103, and they go, oh, maybe there's maybe there's hope again. And then he gets injured for 430,000. Oh, that sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually interesting that you see a few like Brayshaw's gone three really good tons. Sard's been on really good form the last three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that so yeah, there are hey, a few cheaper. I'll tell options you something that... you can so, tell you something you can do if you have Dane Zorko right, and there's someone that you can actually trade to and actually bank about two thousand dollars. <laughs> It's Lockie Whitfield. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. If you have oh, no. Zorko oh, no. and you only have and you only have four hundred and thirty thousand dollars in zero bank, mm. like you could do a lot worse, it's to not, be honest. Oh no, it's actually not a terrible move. It's no. not a terrible now, move. Now with the like coach, you've already buddy. you've already you've already fucked your season, right? Oh, I mean, Kitty God. Coleman's gone up one hundred thirty thousand since he's come back. I know. Like, you, missed you, out on him. Oh, I know, and he's going to keep killing it. Um, moving into that midfield line for me. Yeah. I think after the buy just gone, I would go Mills one, Laird two, and I'm trying to think of who else I wouldn't have. Like Walsh, I'm definitely I would still be keen on. I know he had a bit of a bad round, but I think with Chera out, I think Walsh is definitely going to get a little bit more inside time in this in this in, um, interim. So I'm trying to have a look. I think that's probably my main ones there. Swiss, like I know Took Mill. If you don't have him, he's at a great price point. He had a really big round just gone. Uh, I'd definitely be sort of looking to even cash in on a little bit of that. Um, Suns, I think, are definitely a good shake for the back end of the year as well. When you have a look, Adelaide and then Port, Collingwood, Richmond, Essendon, they don't exactly have the strongest of midfields to really sort of negate, in my opinion. Then they play Brisbane, so always a really good matchup that he lives for. Then you've got uh, Eagles, Hawks. Geelong and North. So I think the Suns have a very favorable back end of the year as well. And Took is someone, if you don't have him, I think he's actually at a price point that can still match you with the top eight and still bring it home for you with a, a nice ceiling uh, when you need it. Swiss, what do you reckon yeah, to yours? I've got, I'd have Laird actually one over Mills. I, th- yeah, I think consistency. I just think fixture. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Yep. It's, it's such an easy fixture. So Laird one, Mills two, Took three, Walsh four. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. The, only, the only thing with, I guess, Mills, so Laird's super consistent. Mm. Whereas if you are maybe, yeah, if you're winning your leagues or in your top four and, you, and consistency is going to help bank you with the advantage, then I'd be like, okay. Now, if you're bottom four of the eight, so if you're fifth to eighth and you're trying to rustle some feathers and you've got guys in your leagues that you sort of, you just need a little bit of X factor with someone that has a huge ceiling then Mills has got a bigger ceiling to really try and hurt your opponent on any given week. But just know that he could also lose you a game and get you a 60 or a 70 on the other week. So I, I'd also, um, I think it's also the makeup of your team. I think Mills is the better VC. It leads yep. the better cap, captain option. 
Leeds is safe, Let, safe as houses as a captain these days. Leeds will go. He'll get you some 120s, 130s. That'll temp, tempt you to take a VC, whereas Mills, you will know if you're taking that yeah, VC. Yeah, where, that's where I'd rather. Like, I expect Mills would play earlier in the round because of the Swanee's form. So he's a good VC where, yeah, Laird, yeah, he's playing those games. He's getting 120. Chuck the captaincy on him. I wouldn't waste look, the VC. Look at that. What, what logic, Swiss, mate. Oh, fuck, I love having you around sometimes. You are what? Watch that completely backfire this week. Watch like the complete opposite happen. But no, the logic makes sense, mate. No, we need to avoid whoever Chris is bringing in this week because <laughs> it was you last, you a couple of weeks ago, first buy, oh. me second buy. Um, I hope Parish plays. I, like, I, I am I stupid? I haven't heard anything about it except that he has a corky, and I'm seriously hoping he plays. Butters has obviously got a bit of a, a fractured cheekbone or a hairline fracture, so. I guarantee he won't be playing inside midfield this week. <laughs> so he'll probably shit out a real bad score uh, with a break even of like 88. So it's, um, yeah, it's been real. I don't know. It's a little bit interesting there. Now, ruck line we've already touched on. Forwards, if you only need, and this is probably the easiest way to, to kind of round it out. If maybe you're, you're trying, you need one or two spots to finish. It's pretty much English and Bontempelli. Is there any other sort of way around it? Or is you know, if you're strapped on cash, I know there's a guy you are dying to mention. I can see it in your eyes there, Swiss. A possible Geelong folk? Yes. Absolutely a possible. <laughs> it's not even a possible Geelong folk. I've had him in my sights for the last few weeks, Jeremy Cameron. I just can't get – just can't ignore him. Break even of 38. It's a shame he scored so well against the Dogs because I didn't really want him going up 50K last game. but. They play the next three games are West Coast, Richmond, who he just absolutely monsters us every time he plays us, and then North Melbourne. Like, what is Jez going to do against? Like, the last time Jez played the Kangas was down at Tassie. They didn't play that well that day, Geelong, and Jez kicked seven goals, five. North are worse now, like, and they're playing at Geelong. Um, you know, the Ds will be interesting. Like, they'll be rushing May back for that game because to handle Hawkins and Cameron down in that match. And then coming that last round too like they've got west coast again are they like cameron on the run home uh like they've got the dogs again he just wants the dogs uh, i i can't find a world where i don't bring him in this week now watch it i'll bring him in and he'll friggin score a 60 it's absolutely guaranteed but i with that fixture i just can't ignore it yeah four hundred ninety thousand is definitely a little bit of a shake um Look, I don't mind it. I think I'm just going to kind of stick with the Bontempelli and the English. I think Bont has a low of a low score of like in the 80s, 88 maybe. So I think it's you still kind of know what you're going to get, even if he is you know limbering on one shoulder or whatever. I'm hoping that AC joint is healed up nicely. Um, so it is definitely going to be an interesting situation there. Um, I've actually even toyed with this was before the whole uh, Gorn scenario where I was actually going to go. Um, yeah, Hobbs up to English, and then I was going to go Butters to Bontempelli. Two trades, team finished, um, which would have been ideal. But now there's a whole another sort of layer to it where I'm like, well, maybe I can keep Butters, you know, even with this hairline fracture, and he probably plays forward and scores you a 50 because you know it's coming. Yeah, like with <laughs> Butters, you, you know it's coming, right? Um, he's the perfect loophole player. It's not someone you want to bank on each and every week. So there's definitely some scenarios there. I'm not sure there's too much value outside of like Himmelberg and, there's, and everyone there's, else that we've there's said. A, there's one, well, there's one in particular, and um, I'm yeah, it's weird that I've got to actually even recommend this guy, but I, I know it's been talked about just because of their fixture. But Tex Walker at 476, like I don't like it, 
but it's just there. I know it's terrible, mate, and I did not want to mention it, but you cannot ignore that fixture. He I just love he's it. just come off a one fifty against West Coast, mate. Yeah, that's West Coast. Yeah, and they so play them Jeremy, again. They play them again, that's, that's, and that's Jeremy and they, in a and box. they play North twice. This is the problem. They they play North twice, and they have West Coast. Like, who else is kicking their goals? He just monsters those teams. So as I said, I don't really like it, but could like you look at the options cheaper than him? Well, I, I do. I don't mind the old Tommy Hawkins, but you look Isaac Heaney's like thirty k cheaper than Tex Walker now. He's terrible. Jordan Degoe, like, no, like, I'd rather Himmelberg. Duncan's not playing. There's there's literally no one else unless you're going Himmelberg. But, yeah, like, board if, line sucks outside yeah, that's of what I'm saying. the top, outside of the top if, sort if of you, four or five. Hypothetically, if you're ranked 20,000 and that, and why wouldn't you take the risk? Let's just say you're an overall player ranked 20,000. Why wouldn't you take the risk on somebody like a text and a Himmelberg and hope that pays off? And, and let's just say Tex comes out and goes bang, bang against North Melbourne and West Coast. Like, that's a player that none of us are going to own, that they're catching points up. Now, I don't want people to do that because I don't want people catching me, but that's the sort of moves. If you're if you're out of contention, why not throw the, you know, the dart, the, you know, darts at the dartboard and go, well, this guy could do this. Baby out of the bathwater yeah. and all that jazz. Um, yeah, yeah, very interesting there. Um, can't really argue much there except we made it 55 minutes with some really sound advice and then we start throwing text <laughs> no, but, walker around but, to finish but we I are throwing say, darts it's in the situational because you're different where are you ranked ben uh 250th yeah so. so for you you're not taking that many risks unless the only risk i'm thinking about himmelberg that's yeah well the, yeah but risk. that's not as much of a risk because i think some of the top teams are going to do that and some you're of the right. and the teams that brought him in last week who were ranked further out took that risk himmelberg gets 187 there was somebody who was ranked like 20,000 moved up to something ridiculous, moved to like above me, which I think I'm two 2,000 overall on that because they took that risk on somebody random that nobody owned. And that's what I'm saying. Like, have a look at somebody who, who is playing North Melbourne, and, and that's a good example, like the Cats or the, um, or the Crows, who on any given day could come out and score a 150, 160 and have no, own, you know, no other ownership. And that could be the difference of you moving up the ranks. Now, you're not going to do it as somebody who's in the top 500. But if you're sitting, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, why not? Yeah, I agree, especially if you're doing that. Even if you're going for leagues, any trade you're making from now on, I'd probably be even having a look at who are my teams and sort of looking for good matchups, particularly for finals, mm. because you're going to know whether you're sort of sitting top four or sort of five to eight. I'd be looking at, okay, well, hey, I'm looking at, you know, getting in a Sinclair and that'll be having a look at the teams that are above me. If do they have him? Yes or no. And if they have him, I'm like, well, why would I want to really negate a guy that might actually have a down round that week and go for someone else with a little bit of upside and try and get some more uniques? Because sometimes when you're playing in leagues, you know, you want to negate the real key players, but other times you want to have more uniques than not, because otherwise your week will be won or lost because of three players. And that's it. So you kind of, I would be trying to look for some real distinctive, unique players in my leagues. If I'm going for leagues wins only um, and go about it that way, you know, go a Dawson instead of a, a Sinclair, go an Aaron Hall instead of somebody else. Maybe, you know, look for some other risks, go a Tex Walker. If you have a look in round 19 to you know 20 or 21, when you really need those wins to try and make a final and try and beat the people in the top four. 
look for some speculatives and who's playing that round. No one's going to have him. And then literally there's nothing better than you coming from the, the bottom four of the eight, knocking off a couple of guys that haven't lost many rounds all year and literally sticking it to them. It's one of the best feelings you can ever get. Yeah, Especially and, if you and, see them and chat to them. It's amazing. And you're going to be having players in your league that play for overall. So they're making those decisions where you can just make head-to-head matchup decisions. And as Ben said, you know, you're, you're looking at those important games. Double-check what sort of league you're in as well. If you're 20 or 18 or 12 because your buyers, you know, I mean, your finals could be a different time. Um, yeah, and as Ben said, look at those matchups because yeah, you, you can definitely have a week like those who brought in Himmelberg this week. If, if you've got a week where, say, it's Adelaide, North Melbourne. Why not go get Tex and Dawson knowing that you're going to be playing fifth and you can upset them and then have a look at the next week of that. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Any final touches there, Swiss? Who are you thinking for C and VC and stuff this week? Let's have a look. Yeah, that's um, like Creepers should go pretty well against us tomorrow. That um, There's – I really want – like if I bring in Jez Cameron – He's getting the VC against West Coast if, if I end up going that way. And I think it's going to be either Laird or Took as one of my captains. More Laird just because I think he's safer, but I don't mind Took as well. I think that's that's the game. I just hate the Sunday game as my captain, but yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, I'd be leaning similar. I'd be even keen to kind of, if I had a loophole player on that Sunday, I'd probably be looking at sort of VC McRae or someone, you know, against the Giants would be an ideal way. If I had Mills, I'd be throwing Mills on for Port Adelaide because he's been hovering a little bit. And I think Mills is due to really break out. And I think Port Adelaide midfield, when Butters is playing forward, I think Mills could – It's I feel it's one of these games he's going to go big. And the reason I feel that is because I wanted to bring him in this week. Um, I looked at it. I couldn't afford it just – and I just have this sinking feeling that Mills is going to break out and hit another big score, uh, and it's going to just serve me right. I don't and... know if that's going to be this week, mate. I'll, I'll counter-argument really? that because watching the Port-Richmond game, um, Port playing sort of Finlayson in their ruck, if they continue with that setup, they're more playing um, Finlayson as that fourth midfielder. So they're winning all the clearances around the ground. But what Port were doing were hack-kicking it out, and they have no forwards to kick it to. So the the Richmond midfielders were practically playing three versus four. So that's something for Mills to, you know, as good as Mills is, but he could be playing, you know, three versus four and the Swans will do what we did, set the one loose up for the hack kick coming out. So for Port Adelaide had been dominating the clearances, um, doing that, not necessarily the ruck taps, but so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they set up like that again. Also a shout, Teagle might actually play for Port this week. So yeah. Um, and then that, that changes that about. whole thing I just said. If it was the case, yeah. if they no, go Tickle, then it's three on three, and then yeah, Mills. If they go Finlayson again, they're playing that setup where they've they've got the extra person around the clearance. Yeah, definitely reminded me there. Um, yeah, I don't oh, know. Please like, play Tickle this week. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I don't mind like Crips against Richmond. I, I could see that, but I think if you have a loophole on that day, I think McRae might be a bit safer. Um, same as when you look at, you know, Saints and Essendon, it's like, well, if Parrish plays, I wouldn't be doing him first back up anyway. Like you could go a Sinclair type against the Bombers. Uh, like Geelong, it's, it's, there's it's, no it's one. Not... Who plays for Geelong that we own? No one. Well, there's no that's premiums. why I said, if I bring in Jeremy Cameron, that's the only one yeah. that did, like he could monster West Coast. But otherwise, yeah. if you don't have a loophole <laughs> for a Sunday player, then pretty much you're looking at a, um, 
a Crips or a, a Walsh if you have him. Otherwise, you're kind of trying to pick up a Mills if you have him. That'd be a, I still think that's Do- a pretty good option. If you got Doherty, Doherty's not the worst case as a VC because he wrecked yeah. it up against us last time. Last well. time when he kicked that goal, yeah, yeah, you got one. like one forty or something first game against us. Yeah, he went really well. Um, um, otherwise, yeah, like just pick your, pick any premium in those opening games realistically, and just hope it sticks. Otherwise, for me, it's McRae into probably Took. Or Laird, and uh, based on the home team, I'd probably be saying Took for that one. I'll go against you. I'll go Laird, just to be different. Well, it's hard. I oh, know like, it is. It's know, a flip it's, of a coin. It, it's just, it is, it's, and I'd be hoping McRae went really And as I well. said, yeah, I would much prefer having that done before then. I, know, I, I hate right? the it's last hard. game as a captaincy. Well, Cripps did pretty well. He probably does lift on a big stage on a, a Thursday night. You know, I, I hate put it everyone on his back. Mate. Chera out as well. Yeah. Maybe he I, has to play a bit more. Mid. I hate the the last game captaincy full stop just because also from the flip side, if my opponent has it, like there was so many games on the weekend where all, my opponents had Oliver captain and at halftime, what was Oliver on like 90? I'm just it like, I'm, I'm losing all these head to head games. And luckily I only scored 50 in the second half, but it's nothing worse than watching you play a double score, opposition double score. Or better if you're on the winning if side. If you're on the winning um, side of it. That also gives me my little late shakes and chips here because if you are playing someone in a league and you know they watch your team religiously, I always pick decoy players for my <laughs> VC and C. I watch, I watch them follow me because they're too scared of having something go wrong. So like, oh, I'll just negate the captain and back my players in because they get a bit worried. And then literally I'll change it to who I want. Um, just before, before the game, the game. Yeah, 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 particularly VC because there's nothing worse. They try and mirror you. They're like, oh, I'll, I'll be tricky here. I'll just follow what they do so that way I can't get screwed over, uh, especially in finals. In finals, I am notorious for I will mix around the magnets like crazy just to sort of fuck with people's heads and then pick the VC I want literally just before bounce, knowing that they can't actually kind of follow me. So um, yeah, you need to get shady that, with mate, that It's a good call because especially if – the projections, which don't mean that much, but if they are projected to beat you, they try to play it more safe. And yeah, so if you can uh, sort of muck around and play funny buggers, I've even seen a couple of people they have a couple of their better players as the like the loophole option on the bench, the and that's just to, yeah. to bring their projection down, not to look so it looks like they're losing. So the other team has to go, oh, hang on, I need to take a risky VC here, and then they put like their crisp on or somebody like that back on the field and it's like completely changes their projection. So I love those mind games. It, it reminds me of the uh, the World Cup qualifier the other night when Redmond was uh, doing the grey wiggle man in the goals and just playing the mind games with the Peru oh, boys. It's what awesome. about that goal? What about the Peru goalie having notes in his bloody water bottle? <laughs> on the water bottle. Bloody, and, yeah, notes. And Redmond the, just uh, chucked it into the crowd. That's awesome. Yeah, stuff him. Stuff him, stuff him, stuff him. Shout out um, to all our Peru of, listeners out there. Yeah, yeah every <laughs> single one of you. Um <laughs> But um, that reminds me, I think, last World Cup or the one before, can't remember. Off topic, we're finished, by the way. Yeah. If you want to sign off, see you later. Um, you know, I'm not a huge betting man, generally speaking. Um, I like to prefer to lose money to friends because it's more fun that way. You know where your money's going and you hope they make good choices. But um, I remember, I think, when the World Cup started, I think over two and a half, goal, uh, two and a half you know, goals in a game paid the next amount of money. And it was quite high. So I was like, sweet. So I put like 50 bucks. Yeah, I had some money in the account. So I threw 50 bucks on that one. And I swear, I think it was about seven out of eight or, you know, nine out of 10 or whatever. It was like a high number of the first games of the World Cup all had more than two and a half goals. 
So I literally went from $50 in my account, not caring where it went. I was like, stuff it. I'll put it on the soccer. All right. Cause I don't watch much soccer. <laughs> and I made like $750 in about, I think two or three days. Like it was just absolutely stupid. Cause I just kept putting $50 on the next game over two and a half goals. And it was just absolutely crazy for the first sort of a few days of soccer. Uh, and then I was like, right, I'm cashing out. And since then I've, you know, I really, if you know, if you know me, I really only kind of make AFL grand final, I might throw a little dabble. The uh, Melbourne Cup, I might put on a little, nothing crazy. Um, and I used to be really big into multis in AFL, like huge into multis. I used to look for margins and put all this money, you know, not heaps of money, you know, but little bits. And um, I'm just, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people are really into their betting and I, I don't want to dismiss you because I feel like it's okay. But I just, I hate the stress of watching a game that I've bet on. I really just like to watch AFL and I can't handle it. If I put money on it, then I just get really tense <laughs> and I feel like the whole world's going to go against me. Uh, nothing summed up more than round one this year because obviously I won that bet with a friend of mine when uh, that was, again, a bet with a friend. And um, we bet that Took Miller and Matt Rowell wouldn't, would score. I had that hit that would score less than 300 super coach points. So I had 299 super coach points or less. He had 300 super coach points or more. And it looked like I was going to lose, right? But to make matters worse, I actually put money on the Gold Coast to win by, I think it was about, it was either seven and a half points or 13 and a half points or whatever it was. And I put like quite a bit of money on it <laughs> to kind of cover it in case I lost that bet. And at one point, it looked like I was going to lose the whole thing. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Yeah. Because Gold Coast were doing horrible until like that last quarter where they started to actually kick some goals. Took and Rao were just absolutely dominating, which I hope, I wish Took did that. I mean, Rao did that for the whole season. And I hated watching every second of that game. And it reminded me, lucky it worked out. I won my bet. So, you know, I won, I think it was about $100. Right. So I put a bit of money on it and I was like, this is why I don't bet as soon as it happened. Right. And I won the, the bottle of scotch from a mate of mine, but it was a big reminder that on how much I hate watching AFL if there's money on the line. See, I'm so like, I agree because I don't bet with them, but Grimo and I are big into our draft stars. So I only more play the 50 cent game. So you might play the sort of bigger numbers than that. But yeah, I always have sort of some sort of draft star game just so I can follow play, especially like the other day, North Melbourne West, uh, North Melbourne GWS. Like I want some excitement, but it's like fifty cents, big deal. If I win, it's three hundred yeah. bucks. Like it's not much outlay. Playing and I'll back my fantasy knowledge against most people on that. So, yeah, no, it's it's something I do. You, you give some do. good results there. Yeah, but I have for had me, some good my, results. My ideal fun is every quarter, so every few months, I get together with mates. We play poker, and you buy in for like fifty bucks. If you lose, you buy in for another fifty. If you lose, you kind of like okay, well, there's a hundred bucks gone or whatever. But at least it's to a mate. Like I won't go to the casino and drop money. I go if I if I go ever go to the casino, I buy a beer, I stand there and I watch people drop cash. Like I people watch. Do you know what I mean? Like it's um I just think there's so much at stake and when it makes you feel bad about yourself and whether you win or lose and you feel good or you feel crap based on a game and how much money is done. I just don't think it's good for you. So yeah, um, like I'm at the moment, I've just joined another NFL draft. We're doing a, a redraft. Another we call it the yeah, gloat. 50 crazy. bucks is one and that, which has really been interesting because it's a one, it's only a 10 um, player league, but a well, 10, you know, squad league, but we've got 24 in the league and it's amazing. Quarterbacks were absolutely all off the board by the end of the second round. 
And then I had to trade up to go and get like the 21st best quarterback because I'm like, oh, I'll go wide receiver, wide receiver, get a quarterback and that because they're all going off the board and I didn't want to be left with like no quarterback. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of like that because it's there's a chance to win money. It's fantasy. It's draft. I love drafting. So yeah, I, I was um, happy to get involved in them more than, as you said, gambling at the casino or something like that. I think I used to like drafting more before you and Grimo started joining the ranks because this keeper league that we're in, I'm winning at the moment because I've kind of traded up old. Like I've gone old. I'm like, you know what? Stuff it. The last guy's won a couple of years. I'm like, right, trading up. I've got all the oldies now. And, um, you know, like Bontepelli's, you know, my younger sort of one basically. And I'm having a look. And then right behind me, clicking their heels is Swizz and Grimo. Grimo inherited a team a couple of years ago. That was shit. They were, they were last. And he's gone and picked up all these players, mate. Literally, between you, Chris Grimmer, and myself, as far as drafts go, that's why I really quite rate some of the strategic sort of plays there. Chris, as mad as he as he is, he he picked up Hewitt. He got Doherty, you know, for cheap as in draft this year, like stupidly cheap. Um, I went, you know, Lloyd and Short, which I obviously get a half rebate there because Short's <laughs> been doing well, but. Um, Chris is just killing everybody in draft at the moment. I think I'm coming about second to Chris at the moment. And Chris had a real crap pick. I think he was like second last draft pick. So he's killing it. Um, between Chris and myself in our competitive draft league, not our keeper league, but our competitive draft league, there was 12 people in it. I think we've backed off and, and um, reduced our size and cut some of the Victorians, sorry, Victoria, <laughs> um, down to about sort of eight Queenslanders to make it more fun and local. But – before that, I think in that five-year, six-year period, I think I'd Chris had won it twice. I'd won it three times, and we had one random person sort of win it there and one before it. So it, it is a strategy to draft league. So if, you, if you're new to draft or you're not sure what it is and you're a new listener, please do. And you stayed for this lovely little yeah. – it's like a radio chat at the moment. No, Good but, catch up. which is fine because I know some people – like I got, as I said, stopped at work. Some person said, I just really like just the random footy chat and stuff like that. Like we don't do as lot of footy chat, but talking about draft – I know the sleeper app for the NFL has got to set up, but I've only done one, maybe one or two of them, but auction drafts in um, like for AFL Supercoach. That, that is a lot of fun and a lot of different strategy. Unfortunately, the only way you can enter your team afterwards is the commissioner enter everyone's team because you um, because we don't have the setup on the app. You need to be around at someone's house and literally like you'll have the draft pick. So I might have pick one and I might at least say, let's go Sam Doherty. And then it just starts a bidding war. It's just like being at a house auction, but you're, you know, not bidding. With I think I've heard of money. that one where you have, yeah. where you have a salary and you yep. can't kind of, you know, if you spend a lot of your salary on one player, then you're screwed. If That's anyone wants someone that you want, you're like, I don't have any money for that. So yep. it's really and difficult. It's really good when you have captains and vice captains, because then you've got to obviously bid up and, and, and play strategy for that. So it is one that, you know, in a perfect world, if there's sort of more people out there and we could organize something for next year, be absolutely love to do one of them again, because they are a lot of fun, but you kind of got to be in the same area. Um, as I said, the sleeper app for NFL has it set up so you can actually do it online, but then you've got to all be online at the same time where I know a lot of people want to do slow drafts and that, but um, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. My drafting has been pretty good. Like oh, uh, mate, we, love, we love preseason too. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Just, touch, just touching on what you're saying. There's yeah. also another one Chris sent a video through and I can't remember what the name of it was, but it's a particular draft where one person picks all of their teams, like picks their whole team last off the waiver. 
completely last. So you get all the shit picks, basically. Once everyone's got their full team of everyone, you pick your team last, and then you play like normal. But if you beat someone, like oh, uh, each round you get first pick off the waiver. So basically you get, if there's someone like you yeah, coming up well, like a Blycarves or something, then you're like, bang, or a Himmelberg, you're like, bang, you get first pick off the waiver, right, each and every week. But also if you beat someone, you take, like before the round, you're like, hey, I'm playing Swizz. If I win, I'm going to take um, Clayton Oliver off your hands. And if I beat him that week, then bang, he has to give me Clayton Oliver. And then oh, as the year goes by, you would hate to be playing that person right on the back end of the year. It's kind of like a chase down mm-hmm. where each and every week your team, hopefully with a bit of luck, gets a bit stronger, um, play the buy rounds, which would even make it more interesting because then you're going to have to actually trade with other people to try and make sure you have a good team against that person. Uh, I think it was a vampire league. And um, yeah, I, mean, I think that'd be fun. And there's so much scope for actual fun activities. So much room for activities. And we, and we talk this, about like draft, like draft day can be the, one of the great days and that like you get my favorite day of the year. It is. Beats the draft. Beats like, all and, year. And, draft and I give a, a big shout out to our guy 40 down here. Um, you know, the, the ribs that he puts on him and his lovely partner, Elise, they just put on a great day for us and that. So, um, you know, watch some, watch some movies, talk a lot of banter, well, talk a lot of shit. And, and it's great. It's, it's, it's what sometimes, you know, it's, as you said, it's one of the best days of the year. Just able to get out there and, you know, mate, he, sound, he sounds he sounds like a prince. Oh, that's wait, that's right. Prince doesn't have the ribs. Gr- the Grish <laughs> Prince, and that is uh, his name. Uh, and they, talking about talking about him, forty. I'll give you a shout out. You're top of our uh, Sky League. We've got uh, fourteen in our keeper league for that. I'm currently third with Codes and second. Buddy, the Saints are doing pretty well. Um, I know we've got our Super Coach Insider Keeper League that you're talking about, and. Um, I'm, actually I'm, on, first, I'm actually on top of that with Grimo second. No, you're, bullshit. Yeah, I'm first, you're sec, uh, Grimo oh, second, you're rounds, third, and I think bullshit. Chris is six. So, no, no, no. Yes. Cannot be. Absolutely. Must be the buy rounds. You must have played some absolute nuffies. Let, let, let's just, but the one of the more interesting ones, just talking about leagues oh, going back yeah, to Yeah, I play. lost to Matt last week because obviously yeah. he had more players in that round that I had no one in. Uh, yeah, gonna, okay. I'm one, I'm one uh, win behind. And I know we're digressing, and thank you for those who are still listening here, but there's uh, the Parkfield Cricket Club, which is the club I'm president of. So we've got a four-division league. Um, at the top at the moment, Wayno. I'm third on the same amount of points. So you've got the top three same amount of points. You've got my wife in 10th, one game behind on 24 points. And we have relegation, obviously, four divisions. 16th place is only two games behind first. Like I haven't seen a league so close with that, and our A league uh, league has dropped to fourth overall. Unfortunately, um, I don't know who shit the bed this week in the buys and that, but I'm seventh in that. I think you're second, Ben. Yes, you are second. Super coach Mama is thirteenth. Chris is eleventh. Um, so yeah, well, there's some pretty good players in that one. The Phantom is actually Phantom's number one. Killing it. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, that's what I was killing it. That's so, yeah, no, it's interesting with some of the leagues and that. Feel free to let us Mate, know how you're going in no, your leagues. You've got no chance in our keeper league. The trade that I did earlier is literally just going to smack you boys around. What I'm, what I'm hoping, mate, is you play Grimo in finals and he knocks you out so I don't have to. No, nah, not going to happen. Mate, Grimo's going to smash you. No, no, because when you have a look, right, so I've obviously in my defensive line, Blycarves, Rich, Hall, Zorko, obviously who's injured, Howe, Pendlebury, McGovern, right? who's killing, or obviously when he gets back on the puck, Neil, Tuke Miller, Five Boke, Adams, Dangerfield. I've got Manigola sitting on the sideline. 
I've got Gorn in the rock. Man, that's going to hurt me. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Bontempelli, <laughs> Jeremy Cameron, Tex Walker, Hawkins, Duncan. On the bench, I've also got Isaac Rankin because it's a keeper. Uh, Rioli, uh, so Daniel Rioli, Lobb, Dixon, Callahan, Tom, Taron Thomas. Like, seriously, talk about aging I, and Geelong soft run. You boys are about to get an absolute I actually, I lose this week. I don't actually think, I think I've got two players this week. In my Jeremy Cameron, VC. There you go. Who am I playing this week? Set, set my team up for the first two play rounds. I was like, oh, bugger round 14. Who cares about that? Um, yeah, there's, yeah, well, I'm still happy with my, Hey, with I'm mine. playing you this week, Swiss. There you are go. You? So, oh, mate, you're yep. absolutely There you go. You me. are projected for 439 Supercoach points in a team of 22. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got Jeremy Cameron, got no Jeremy Cameron VC. It's for you now. Jeremy Cameron VC. Oh, that's great. All right, mate. We probably should wrap <laughs> up this chat. And uh, thank you for all the listening. Yeah. It's about 15 to 20 minutes of just lovely off-topic banter and chat. Yeah, so, love it, mate. Uh, look, that's an exclusive. And uh, look, if you do like what you do, please do it's like, comment than, if you stayed for this whole mate, time. It's better than someone's exclusive out there, not naming other podcasts and that, but friggin' hell. Did you see he's exclusive on Joy, Jason Horn Francis moving back to South Australia, even though everyone's been talking about it for the last three months? Is that boobs or yeah, is that something? Oh, no, I haven't listened to yeah, what he said. Not relevant. not relevant. I shouldn't even mention not, him. I haven't listened to what he said since he's won the Team of the Week award, <laughs> yeah, which is one more award than I've ever won. But uh, we'll go night. figure. But very, very interesting. Now, if, Swizz, what's your handle? Swizz26. Awesome. So get on Twitter and hit up at Swizz26, especially when Jeremy Cameron tears West Coast a new one and just say, oh, Swiss, tough week in your yeah. um, in your super coach keeper league this week, mate. Give him hell. Uh, that's <laughs> it from us. Please do like, subscribe, hit us up. Let us know if you want us to stop at an hour or if you enjoyed this last 20 minutes of crap. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you soon, hey? Done. See you, boys. Alrighty, boy. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.